Lord's was called not guilty, and that's the exciting news of Easter. That because Jesus went to the cross, because he bore our sins, that we can feel a sense being not guilty. So that's the first promise. And the empty cross is a cross that says we are forgiven. Aren't you glad about that? Are you glad that you're not having to carry that load? Aren't you glad you are forgiven? I surely am. Because the finger can be pointed at me just as the finger can be pointed at any one of us. We are forgiven. And every time you look at that empty cross, any time you see a cross thrown around somebody's neck, realize the price that was paid. Realize that we are blessed. Realize that we are forgiven. And that is exciting. So here the ladies, they pass the cross, they see it's empty, they come to where Jesus was placed in the tomb, and they had to be thinking about, what are we going to do here? I mean, we're coming to help prepare him, and, and but how are we going to get into this tomb? I mean, there's a boulder that is there, maybe two tons of rock across that entrance to the tomb. How are we going to get there? How are we going to gain access? The Roman soldiers aren't going to give it to us. And yet, there was this loud noise, this earthquake, the moving of the stone. And when they got there, the soldiers, they seemed to be asleep. They seemed to be unconscious. Something had happened. And the angel met them. And the angel talked to them about, you know, this tomb is empty. So, is that a defeat? Or is that a promise? Because as we look at that empty tomb, we, we get the idea of eternal life. You see, Jesus died, and okay, anybody can die, but can he defeat death? Can he do what he said that he would do? Remember when he said, in three days I will rebuild the temple? Remember that? And they looked at him and said, are you kidding me? You know, it's taking us years to build the temple, talking about the edifice, the building. And yet Jesus says, in three days I will rebuild the temple. He was talking about himself. And when he rose from that tomb, he was alive. And that's exciting for us because then we know as we face death, and by the way, you're going to face death. Whether you like that or not, you are going to face death. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And as he is risen, the tomb was empty. And as the tomb was empty, then the promise, the hope that we have for eternal life is there. And I like the thought, to those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, death has lost its sting. Anybody allergic to these things here? Anybody? 
something this long to you because it's rather lengthy. And I, I, I risk the, I, I risk that I'm going to lose your attention. And yet it's such a, a good piece. I, I want you to hear this and I want you to sense and feel what is going on here. Let me share it with you. There was a certain professor of religion named Dr. Christensen, a studious man who taught a small college in the western United States. Dr. Christensen taught the required survey course in Christianity at this particular institution. Every student was required to take this course their freshman year, regardless of his or her major. Although Dr. Christensen tried hard to communicate the essence of the gospel in his class, he found that most of his students looked upon the course as nothing but required drudgery. Despite his best efforts, most students refused to take Christianity seriously. This year, Dr. Christensen had a special student named Steve. Steve was only a freshman, but was studying with the intent of going into seminary for the ministry. Steve was popular, he was well-liked, and he was an imposing physical specimen. He was now the starting center on the school football team and was the best student in the professor's class. One day, Dr. Christensen asked Steve to stay after class so we could talk with him. How many push-ups can you do? Steve said, I, I do about 200 every night. 200? That's pretty good, Steve, Dr. Christensen said. Do you think you could do 300? Steve replied, I, I don't know. I've never done 300 at a time. Do you think you could? Again, asked Dr. Christensen. Well, I can try, said Steve. Can you do 300 in sets of 10? I have a class project in mind, and I need you to do about 300 push-ups in sets of 10 for this to work. Can you do it? I need you to tell me, can you do it, said the professor. Steve said, well, I, I think I can. Y yeah, I, I can do it. Dr. Christensen said, good, I, I need you to do this on Friday. Let me explain what I have in mind. Friday came and Steve got to class early and sat in the front of the room. When class started, the professor pulled out a big box of donuts. No, these weren't the normal kinds of donuts. They were the extra fancy big kind with creamy centers and frosty swirls. Everyone was pretty excited. It was Friday, the last class of the day, and they were going to get an early start on the weekend with a party in Dr. Christensen's class. Dr. Christensen went to the first girl in the first row and asked, Cynthia, do you want to have one of these donuts? Cynthia said yes. Dr. Christensen then turned to Steve and asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so that Cynthia can have a donut? Sure. Steve jumped down from his desk to do a quick 10. Then Steve again sat at his desk. Dr. Christensen put a donut on Cynthia's desk. Dr. Christensen then went to Joe, the next person, and asked, Joe, do you want a donut? Joe said, yes. Dr. Christensen asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Joe can have a donut? Steve did 10 push-ups. Joe got a donut. So it went down the first aisle. Steve did 10 push-ups for every person before they got their donut. <coughs> what 
walking down the second aisle, Dr. Christensen came to Scott. Scott was on the basketball team and in as good a shape as Steve was. He was very popular and never lacking for female companionship. When the professor asked Scott, do you want a donut? Scott's reply was, well, I can do my own push-ups. Dr. Christensen said, no, Steve has to do that. Then Scott said, well, I don't want one then. Dr. Christensen shrugged and then turned to Steve and asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Scott can have a donut he doesn't want? With perfect obedience, Steve started to do the 10 push-ups. Scott said, hey, I said I didn't want one. Dr. Christensen said, look, this is my classroom, my class, my desks, and these are my donuts. Just leave it on the desk if you don't want it. And he put a donut on Scott's desk. Now by this time, Steve had begun to slow down a little. He just stayed on the first floor, on the floor between sets because it took too much effort to get it up and down. You could start to see a little perspiration coming out around his brow. Dr. Christensen started down the third row. Now the students were beginning to get a little angry. Dr. Christensen asked Jenny, Jenny, do you want a donut? Sternly, Jenny said, no. Then Dr. Christensen asked Steve, Steve, would you do 10 more push-ups so Jenny can have a donut that she doesn't want? Steve did 10. Jenny got her donut. By now, a growing sense of uneasiness filled the room. The students were beginning to say no, and there were all of these uneaten donuts on the desks. Steve also had to really put forth a lot of extra effort to get these push-ups done for each donut. There began to be a small pool of sweat on the floor beneath his face. His arms and brow were beginning to get red because of the physical effort involved. Dr. Christensen asked Robert, who was the most vocal unbeliever in the class, to watch Steve to do each push-up to make sure that he did the full 10 push-ups in a set because he couldn't bear to watch Steve work or all of those uneaten donuts. He sent Robert over to where Steve was so Robert could count the set and watch Steve closely. Dr. Christensen started down the fourth row. During this class, however, some students from other classes had wandered in and sat down on the steps along the radiators that ran down the side of the room. When the professor realized this, he did a quick count and saw that now there were 34 students in the room. He started to worry if Steve would be able to make it. Dr. Christensen went on to the next person and the next and the next. Near the end of the row, Steve was really having a rough time. He was taking a lot more time to complete each step. Steve asked Dr. Christensen, do I have to make my toes touch on each one? Dr. Christensen thought for a moment, well, they're your push-ups. You're in charge now. You can do them any way that you want. And Dr. Christensen went on. A few moments later, Jason, a recent transfer student, came to the room and was about to come in when all of the students yelled in one voice, no, don't come in, stay out. Jason didn't know what was going on. Steve picked up his head and said, no, let him come in. Professor Christensen said, you realize that if Jason comes in, you'll have to do 10 push-ups for him. Steve said, yes, let him come. Give him a donut. 
said, okay, Steve, I'll let you get Jason's out of the way right now. Jason, do you want a donut? Jason, new to the room, hardly knew what was going on. Yes, he said, give me a donut. Steve will do you 10 push-ups so that Jason can have a donut. Steve did 10 push-ups very slowly and with great effort. Jason, bewildered, was handed a donut and sat down. Dr. Christensen finished the fourth row and then started on those visitors seated by the heaters. Steve's arms were getting shaky in each push-up in a struggle to lift himself against the force of gravity. By this time, sweat was profusely dropping off of his face. There was no sound except his heavy breathing. There was not a dry eye in the room. The very last two students in the room were two young women, both cheerleaders and very popular. Dr. Christensen went to Linda. The second to last and asked, Linda, do you want a donut? Linda said very sadly, no thank you. Professor Christensen quietly asked Steve, would you do the 10 push-ups so that Linda can have a donut she doesn't want? Grunting from the effort, Steve did 10 very slow push-ups for Linda. Then Dr. Christensen turned to the last girl, Susan. Susan, do you want a donut? Susan, with tears flowing down her face, began to cry. Dr. Christensen, I can't have one. Can I help him, though? Dr. Christensen, with tears of his own, said, No, Steve has to do it alone. I've given him this task, and he's in charge of seeing that everyone has an opportunity for a donut, whether they want it or not. When I decided to have a party this last day of class, I looked at my grade book. Steve here is the only student with a perfect grade. Everyone else has failed to test, skipped class, or offered me inferior work. Steve told me that in football practice, when a player messes up, he must do push-ups. I told Steve that none of you could come to my party unless he paid the price by doing your push-ups. He and I made a deal. For your sakes. Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Susan can have a donut? As Steve very slowly finished his last push-up, with the understanding that he had accomplished all that was required of him, having done 350 push-ups, his arms buckled beneath him and he fell to the floor. Dr. Christensen turned to the room and said, and so it was that our Savior Jesus Christ on the cross Pledge to the Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. With the understanding that he had done everything that was required of him, he yielded up his life. And like some of those in this room, many of us leave the gift on the desk uneaten. Two students helped Steve up off the floor into a seat, physically exhausted, but wearing a thin smile. Well done, good and faithful servant, said the professor, adding not all sermons are preached in words. Turning to his class, the professor said, My wish is that you might understand and fully comprehend all the riches of grace and mercy that have been given to you through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He spared not his only begotten Son, but gave him up for us all, for the whole church, now and forever. Whether or not we choose to accept his gift to us, the price has been paid.
some choose to take the donut, some choose to eat of the gift that was given, and yet some choose to let it lay there. They ignore it. They go about their own way, their own wicked way. My friends, this Easter morning, may that not be you. May you understand that Jesus provided the way out, the way out from sin, the way out from iniquity, the way out from turning away from God. And the question to you this morning is, will you choose that way out to eat that donut, to receive Christ in your life? I know many of you already know Jesus. You're familiar to me, and I, I know you have him in your life. But some of you here may not have Jesus. I want to give you that chance this Easter morning to receive Christ in a way where you can say, I'm not guilty. I've received the prize. I've received the donut. The price has been paid. Let's pray. If your desire this morning is to receive that gift of Jesus Christ, I would ask you to pray this simple prayer. Lord God, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here for me. And this morning, Lord, I open up my heart